and we'll talk about it in just a moment. I do want to mention the fact that Saturday we got the, uh, don't forget the prayer breakfast gentlemen, so we will be having that at the Grecian Bakery in Spring Hill, so remember that if you would, and we'll see you, um, we'll just make that 745, I know I think it says 730, but 745, 750, we've been around that time some I've just been able to easier get there a little bit later than than nor, uh, the 7.30 time. So 7.45, 7.50. All right, guys, if you would, somewhere in there. And we'll look forward to getting together then. And then as well, it's good to have some folks visiting with us today. So we want to welcome welcome you. And um, and uh, they, they they know some of the family, but it's it's my brother. You know, if it was my sister or my brother, I'd just feel bad for him. So, but they, they, they know some of them. So, uh, sorry, the better part of the family is, are the ones you haven't met yet. So, uh, yeah, so. all right. Uh, so, you're in Proverbs chapter 10, and uh, let's, uh, let's pray and ask God to help us tonight. Father, we're thankful for uh, just this, uh, this brief time we have in the Word of God this evening and the opportunity and privilege we have uh, to look into the Word and learn from uh, the, the wisdom that you gave Solomon. And, um, and we pray that these Proverbs today and the truth that we'll look at in a little bit more in depth, that uh, we would be challenged about it, that we would understand it clearly, and that our lives would, um, would take the right side of this matter, and that uh, we would reflect uh, the, the appropriate attitudes and actions uh, that are talked about in this, uh, in this book. And we'll thank you for how you'll help us. Please give us understanding now, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Italy's highest uh, appeals court decreed back at this in 2002 that fathers have to support their adult children until they find a job to their liking. That's right. Uh, And that shocked everyone when the court actually made that decision. Psychologists were warning that the decision would discourage people from having children in a country where the birth rate is one of the lowest in the world. Uh, One commentator said it would boost Italy's already high unemployment rate, uh, which I could understand. The case revolved around a wealthy family in the southern city of Naples. The father was paying, get this, at the time, this is back in 2002, 774 euros, Uh, which was at $680 a month in maintenance to a son in his 30s. Now you say, well, maybe he wasn't able to to earn money. Well, no, he had a university law degree. Uh, The son had a trust fund in addition to the money he was getting worth 250,000 euros, which at the time was almost a quarter million dollars. Um. He lived in one of the wealthiest parts of the city. Believe it or not, he had turned down several job offers. But the court still ruled in his favor and ruled that the father, Giuseppe Andrioli, um, should support his estranged son. And here was the wording. Here's how they put it. You cannot blame a young person, particularly from a well-off family, who refuses a job that doesn't fit his aspirations. The parents have to pay for his upkeep. That was the court's verdict. Uh, Andreoli said he was shocked by the decision, and here, here was his words, I feel disgust 
for a country that I love. It wasn't always like this. And they went on to talk about it. And I just, you know, when I read that story, I said, can, can you believe it? You know, can you actually believe uh, that uh, some guy in his 30s would have to be supported by daddy uh, because he didn't get a job that he liked and he kept turning them down? Well, you know what? If daddy's going to keep paying, you know, uh, a, a good amount of money, which actually at that time would have been fine, uh, I suppose, that, you know, why ever work, you know? So when he's 60, I guess he'll still be able to get compensation from his dad. Now, you say, well, what, what a crazy world we live in. I mean, these are decisions that have been made, and we could probably uh, cite many more examples of such. But really, what the problem with that son was, and what the problem with many in our world is, is what's talked about in Proverbs chapter 10, when God says in verse 4, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. In these two verses, we have uh, uh, at least the introduction in the Proverbs. And as re remember, we said chapter 10 is where they begin in earnest the Proverbs, the short, pithy maxims that teach us uh, truth and give us information for life, wisdom for life. Uh, it deals with the subject of, well, the sluggard, okay, laziness. And uh, that is a problem in our society. You, you know that, don't you? Uh, people are encouraged today, and people are looking all the time for handouts, and we live in such a society, uh, so much so that uh, government officials keep talking about stimulus. We need to give people more money, and people want to sit at home and do nothing. In fact, um, uh, businesses are having a hard time finding people that want to work because, well, they've been giving them a lot of money, and they can make more money sitting at home than they can uh, going in and, and, uh, and working a job. And so we live in a day where laziness has become a, uh, if you would, a right. But let's understand something. Laziness has been around since the beginning, okay? This isn't anything new. Solomon talked about it. So let's understand that the matter of someone who doesn't work diligently or uh, on the other side, because we have both presented to us in verses 4 and 5, that someone who works diligently, that these things uh, have been going on really since the beginning of time. There have been people who will seek to soak off the system and do nothing. There are other people who know how to work and work diligently. And generally, you can tell which one they are. You can tell which one they are if they're in their 30s and they're living at home with daddy and they're refusing jobs so dad can support them and pay for their upkeep. Uh, uh, the person that's out there working a job, no matter what it is, just because he's supporting himself and making it on his own, he's learned the matter of diligence. So what does God have to say about this matter? And what do the Proverbs tell us about the matter of laziness? Honestly, quite a bit. Uh, thankfully, not as many verses as the, the subject of righteousness, which we just finished. A hundred, what, 17 different times the word is found in the Proverbs. Uh, a number of, of different lessons that we could learn. But in uh, this matter of laziness, the matter of the sluggard or the slothful, uh, however you want to put it, 
uh, there is uh, much less, thankfully, right? So we don't have a study that lasts for weeks and weeks. So uh, let's begin to look, and I want to first give you an explanation. When you look at the word sluggard in the Bible or uh, someone who is slack, which, by the way, the word slack is translated a couple different times in the book of Proverbs, slothful. Uh, and the word sluggard is a, is a closely related word. Uh, so when we look at these and when we find these words in, uh, in the book of Proverbs, uh, we learn some things. The words themselves teach us some things. And then uh, the way in which they're used and the things which they tell us also reveal some, some important truths. So let me just give you a quick explanation. The first person you see, uh, or sorry, we see the, the slack man, but we also see the diligent. And I'm going to begin with the diligent, all right? The diligent person is uh, determined and thus productive. The diligent is determined and thus productive. Now, we have the lazy guy compared to the diligent guy, okay? We have the slack person compared to the diligent man. Um, when you look at this word diligent, it was very interesting to me to see that it actually has a number of different understandings, a number of different definitions, and the context determines how it's used. For example, one of the definitions is gold. Sounds strange to you? Didn't me. Uh, but the word in the Hebrew does mean gold. And there's three or four times earlier in Proverbs, this word is translated gold because it deals with and talks about how the wealth of wisdom is greater than gold. And so a few different times this word is used in that context. In this context, though, when it's used in this way, um, the word means determined or actually eager. So it is, any, is it any wonder that this description, this word diligent is used to the person of somewhat, or, or of a person who is productive or maybe even valuable to humanity? Because he is eager, he's determined to make himself useful, he's determined to think of ways in which he can care for himself and that's a good quality. In fact, every time we see it in the rest of the Proverbs, it's encouraging people with the right kind of person, the right kind of living. Now, the second word or the other, the comparison, the slack person, I, I just put it this way, the sluggard or the sophomore or the slack, but just the sluggard is in, indolent. You like that? Indolent. Say, what is that? I had to look it up myself and thus useless. And I'll explain that. The word is slack in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. This word that's found in Proverbs 10, 4, it's found four, four times in the Proverbs right here. Two other times it's translated slothful. One other place, the word idle is used to describe this person. Now, it's not the main word that's translated sluggard. This word can mean to be deceitful, which is interesting because lazy people uh, often cover their laziness or try to act like they're really not lazy at all. So they are, in a way, in a sense, deceitful. Um, but the main word for laziness is found 12 times in Proverbs. It's found in chapter 10 and verse 26. 
Um, and that's not the right verse. So I have, I have the wrong. No, it is. Okay, as vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. Now, what does the word indolent mean? You know what the definition of indolent? Come on. Because we use that word all the time. Yeah, I, I, I use it all the time. All right, let me give it a, a definition because it's, it's, it's great. It describes it. It says, disinclined to exert oneself. Disinclined to exert oneself. That is a great definition. And that describes the slothful, or the word we use today would be lazy. Disinclined to exert oneself. Uh, they also had in the definition, this is just a common uh, dictionary, habitually lazy. And as well, conducive to inactivity, lethargic. But what's interesting to me is that the root word in the Hebrew means to lean idly. Um, and what I picture, the thing that comes to mind is what I've seen on the side of the road so many times, government workers. You know, you got 10 government workers. They're all standing around this hole. Two guys are in the hole digging. Eight guys are just leaning on their shovel. You know, you've seen that before. Now, I've had it explained, and I know I've even tried to explain it to you by a government worker, what they're doing. I have no idea. But that's my idea of someone who leans idly. You know, they're just, they're just okay, yeah, if I don't have to do anything, I'm not going to do anything. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this shovel and use it for something to, to put my weight on so I don't fall over, you know. And, uh, but I'm not going to do any work. I'm not going to lift a finger to take care of this or do a job or anything else to that effect. Well, that is a good description of the sluggard. They're indolent. They're, they're, they lean idly by while everyone else does the work. And they're glad if someone else does it for them. So these two are contrasted a number of times. Not only are they contrasted a number of times in Proverbs, but then each one is dealt with individually, and there are truths that are related as a result. And we're going to dig through some of those things. But let me first give you some, a, a comparison, because there are a number of times where these two are found in the same verse, and there is this comparative picture. Remember that Proverbs have different ways uh, in which it presents truth. Sometimes it builds on truth. Sometimes it, it ascends in truth. Sometimes it descends in truth, uh, like Hebrew poetry would do. Uh, but sometimes it's a comparison between one and another, opposites. And that seems to be the case here. So let me share with you these uh, two types, uh, four different times that two types of people, these two are compared. And the picture kind of supports what we just explained and the de kind of the definitions we gave. First, we find in chapter 10 and verse 4, the verse we've already read, we find poverty versus prosperity. Okay, the guy who's lazy, the guy who is slack, the guy who deals with that slack, um, uh, with a slack hand, uh, he's going to be someone who doesn't have much. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. And that's understandable, right? Unfortunately, I guess, in government work, you get rich dealing with a slack hand. But in most cases, and generally, and these are general truths, 
that someone who is lazy is going to be uh, in poverty uh, versus a man who works diligently and what's going to happen generally with that person. Okay, wealthy, prosperity, and that's understandable because one does nothing, the other does is eager to work, and obviously you would think the result would be that. Look in chapter 12 and verse 24 where these two are compared once again. And we find that the hand of the diligent is going to do what? Bear rule, but the slothful shall be... Okay, contrast here. So what is the picture? What is he trying to get across? Well, we find someone ruled and someone ruling. Someone ruled and someone ruling, or someone under rule, however you want to put it. And it's interesting, say, under tribute. What is the idea of under tribute? Well, the, the idea is that they have to pay, whereas the other guy is the guy who's getting the pay. Okay? He's the one in charge. He's the one who rules. And generally, that's going to be the case uh, where someone is under other, another's control and someone uh, has control. And generally, the diligent are going to be the ruling people and the lazy ones are going to be the ruled ones. Because, by the way, the truth is they need to be ruled. They need to be under tribute. And, and they will be because they're not willing to do anything. They won't lift a finger to get themselves out of it. And, and by the way, don't we even see this? I, quite frankly, I, I see it so much in, in, uh, in, in society today. We've got people that don't mind being ruled. We're fine as long as I don't have to do anything. I'm good. And, um, and those who are diligent are the ones who end up, end up ruling. Uh, look, if you would, at chapter 12 and verse 27. And here's an interesting contrast. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of the diligent man is precious. So we find wasteful people, and I, you know, I didn't know how to word this. We find valuing people. And, and what I mean by that is, is this. Sluggards don't appreciate what they have. So a sluggard goes out, which is interesting because you wouldn't even think a sluggard would hunt, but a sluggard goes out, he gets something, and it ends up being wasted because he doesn't want to do the work with it. And so it's kind of useless to him. It's it's just, um, in fact, maybe he was just out there hunting to have a a good time, and so, yeah, he got something, but, you know, I'm just going to leave it. I'll get it tomorrow. I'll take care of it later on. But the diligent man... He's not out there hunting, but his substance, everything that he has, is precious to him. It's important. He values it. He values what he's able to gain. He values what he has, and he makes good or proper use of it. And so we have this picture. Look, if you would, in chapter 13 and verse 4, as this continues. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. The soul of the diligent shall be made fat. So, diligent people are fat people. Well, no, that's not the idea. Okay? Don't, don't, don't get me in. <laughs> I'm not going there. Okay. Um, ultimately, the picture of chapter 13 and verse 4 is someone who's 
not satisfied, unsatisfied. We have unsatisfied people. And then we have satisfied people. So the diligent person is going to be the one who's satisfied. He's, he's fat. His needs are, are met. He has plenty. You know why? Because he works for it. And as a result, he has. The sluggard, uh, in chapter 13 and verse 4, uh, it's interesting because he says the soul, in, in both cases, the soul of the sluggard desires, desireth and hath nothing. You know, sluggards have desires. Lazy, has no ambition. No, they, they have, well, they don't have ambition. They have desires. But they're never met. And the reason why? They won't do the work necessary in order to have it. So they're unsatisfied. They, they don't have needs met. The, 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 um, the sluggard in the inner man, in the soul, has longings and desires like any person, but he rarely sees them met because he isn't willing to put forth the effort it takes to get them. On the other hand, the diligent man has a soul that has desires, but that those desires are satisfied. They're, they're fat. They're fattened up, if you would. Okay, The needs are and the desires are met because what he longs for, he does something about. So he gets out and, you know, I'm hungry. So he gets a job. And he does the job and he does it well. And he works hard at it. Maybe he comes up with ideas to improve the way the job is done. And then he gets promoted or he gets raises because, you know what? He knows how to work. And there's a premium on that. There's people all over looking for folks who are diligent. So the unsatisfied and the satisfied, and these pictures are, are given. Um, now, third, the conduct. And we really aren't going to get far with this one. But look in chapter 15, if you would, as we continue to move along. And the first thing I want you to see about the lazy people, uh, in chapter 15 and verse 19, an interesting statement. The way of the slothful man is an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. Um, I'm going to explain it, and then, or I'm going to, I'm going to give you the statements, letter A under conduct, okay? Um, uh, this may sound strange, but I'll explain it, okay? The lazy imagine and don't, which means the diligent um, kind of imagine and do. But I, I, we'll, we'll get to that later. All right. So how do they imagine, and what do the lazy imagine? Well, the lazy imagine difficulty. And as a result, it, it excuses, at least in their own mind, inactivity. And that is the picture given, at least that's what most believe this to be uh, expressed in chapter 15 and verse 19. The way of the slothful man is as in hedge of thorns. You say, well, slothful people just have it hard. No, they don't. That's not the picture given. It's not as if, well, the slothful try, but I don't know. No, the slothful man imagines thorns. He imagines that the way is going to be hard. He imagines that, well, if I get this job, I'm going to have to do these things. And man, if I do that, it's going to lead to this, and it's going to be all sorts of pain and anguish, thorns. And you know what? I don't want that. So I'll just sit back and do nothing. 
Um, Adam, Adam Clark wrote these words. He said, because he is slothful, he imagines 10,000 difficulties in the way which cannot be surmounted, but they're all the creatures of his own imagination. The lazy guy always has a reason for his inactivity. He sees the thorns, and rather than get to work, it's like, well, I may get a thorn. I may have this problem. Uh, he stays at home and tells everyone why it can't be done. You know, the, the, the sluggard sometimes is the guy that's, that's uh, oh, oh, well, I got to be careful about this. The sluggard is almost always a pessimist. Now, please, I am not suggesting pessimistic people are lazy. Because that's not true. But in general, you'll find that lazy people are pessimistic. Because they imagine all sorts of things, and, and th that imagination gives them an, an, uh, a reason to wait and do nothing. Uh, they don't see fruit from accomplishment. They don't see if they get out and work a job and they work hard, they see hard job. And I... You know, and I don't, I don't even know if I can do it, so why even try? Um, so they imagine difficulty, and um, it excuses inactivity. Look in chapter 22, and interesting, another picture, same idea about this lazy person. They imagine something else, 22.13. You've seen this verse before, probably. You've probably heard it before. What does he do? What does a lazy person tell you? There's a lion in the streets. I can't go out and do anything today. It's great, isn't it? Did you see it? No, just heard. No, I believe they imagine danger that excuses inactivity. So when I said the, the lazy imagine and don't, that's the picture that Proverbs gives us. They imagine difficulty, thorns, so I'm not going to do anything. They imagine danger, so I'm not going to go out. I'm just going to stay at home because, hey, you wouldn't expect me to go out if there's a lion in the streets, would you? No, of course, everyone else is going out. But not me, because I'm wise. I Really, truth is, I'm wise. In fact, Look at chapter 26, because this is an amazing thing. In chapter 26, we find, verse 13, the same thing. The slothful man saith, there's a lion in the way, a lion is in the streets. And then we see this in verse 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit. You see, I'm the only smart one here. I'm staying home. And you fools are out there. You know, you fools are endangering your lives. Oh, man, I'm so tempted to say, wearing, without wearing masks. Okay, I just had to do it. I'm sorry. I just, I just had to. I couldn't leave that one alone. Uh, you know, you people are out there. No, and, and the sluggard thinks, I'm wise. He's wiser than seven men that could render a reason why he's foolish for what he's doing. But I'm, I'm wiser than you people. See, I am protecting myself from danger, and you people are just going out and doing what you do. There's a lion without. There's storms in the way. Uh, it can't be done, and I'm not going to do it. And they imagine them. They imagine they are wise. 
when in reality they're fools. Um, and the second point under their conduct is the lazy man's work is to avoid work. Isn't that great? The lazy man's work is to avoid work. And it's pictured by a guy who sleeps on his bed. Look at the same passage you were at in verse 14. He's like a door on its hinges. You know, door just stays in the same place, just back and forth, back and forth. And that's what he's, he's doing. He's laying in bed saying, there's a lion without danger. There's thorns in the way. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sleep. And his work is avoiding work. That's it. Um, and and, and uh, there's, there's some other uh, amazing things. He's so lazy. Look at verse 15. The softball hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. Here, here's the idea of verse 15. I, I didn't understand it completely. I had to take a little bit of time to, to dig through this one and think it through. But he's so lazy Then rather than feed himself, he finds any kind of phys- physical activity grievous. I mean, even just putting his hand down, taking some food, and putting it in his mouth. He's just so lazy that if he can get someone to do it for him, he will. have to do anything. Why should I have to work? I should be able to sit at home. Every American should be able to sit at home and make $2,000 a month, don't you think? One of our senators lacking brains said that. He's a marvel at people. So no one works anymore. Everyone's just going to get paid to sit at home because we can make money without making money. And it's amazing that people promote these kind of things, and yet God condemns them and tells us that the lazy person um, gets what they deserve. Sadly, they're, they're rewarded today by, a, by a, the truth is, an evil government. When in reality, they should get what they deserve, and that would be this, to go hungry. Say, oh, that's so, that's so cruel. Um, not according to God. God said that you're supposed to work to earn your keep, and God made men to work, and lazy people won't. And they shouldn't get welfare. They shouldn't have all their needs met. Those who cannot work, who legitimately have physical issues or problems, fine. No problem at all when someone meets those needs. should start with family, and then it should go to the church. And then if neither can do that, then, then the government might be involved. But the truth of the matter is, if a man doesn't work, what does God's New Testament tell us? Shouldn't he? And the lessons are, are so many here. And we're going to have opportunity one more time to look at the subject of the lazy man and the diligent. And we'll see some other things uh, from Proverbs that teach us uh, how important it is to be diligent workers. And we'll give you the diligent. We'll pick up there uh, in the last point under this one uh, next, next time we have opportunity.